Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. We all came here to get things done. I hope you'll vote for Kevin McCarthy, and that's why I'm proud to nominate him for Speaker of the House. I'm nominating Jim Jordan. A speaker has not been elected. But now it gets serious. We officially don't have a House of Representatives. We want to work with reasonable Republicans. But the fact is, this place has to change. This can't keep on going. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Well, apparently it can't keep on going because... Uh... <laughs> Six innings they've played so far, and the score is still nothing-nothing. Uh, we'll get to the uh, speaker, speaker gate in a minute. Uh, real quick, though, uh, the storms that came through earlier today caused some damage down in Lenore County. Lenore County Emergency Services Director Murray Strout said no one was inside the gym at South Lenore High School in Deep Run when the storm came through, but the gym suffered major damage. Uh, it was, uh, there's a tarp on it now. Apparently, they've already lined up an industrial roofing contractor to come in and make the repairs. And it looks like the damage was pretty much limited to the school gym roof. But I'm sure they will go in and do a very thorough inspection. No, no, uh, students were in the building at the time. School in Lenore County doesn't start till tomorrow. So, uh, that was a, a blessing in disguise. But, um, anyway. Yeah. Some damage. Uh, we got uh, Benny's mic up. There he is. Okay. Welcome back, Benny. <laughs> yeah, I looked at the radar this afternoon about that time, and it looked pretty serious. There was some straight line winds you could see in the, on the radar. So I think 60 plus miles an hour is what I heard. So has anybody take notice that Hakeem Jeffries, who has been the Democrat nominee for Speaker every all six rounds? Uh, has anyone taken note of the fact that he was the guy that was an election denier in 2016? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a habitual election denier. Any, yeah. Anytime a Democrat doesn't win, he denies it. But but 2016, he was over the top. The type of stuff that uh, corporate and institutional America has counseled Republicans yeah. over the 2020 election. It's just... <laughs> You know, the, the hypocrisy of the left and the hypocrisy of the woke um, corporate and institutions about this stuff. It's just amazing to me, you know. There was an interesting uh, article out in PJ Media because a lot of people are well, – let me, let me back up a little, little further. Um, Joe Biden was asked earlier today what he thought of the fact that the Republicans haven't been able to come up with a uh, leader, uh, Speaker of the House, that they could vote on. I bet he was confused. And uh, but, but listen listen to what Joe said. The most embarrassing president we've had since Jimmy Carter, maybe ever. Joe Biden said the House of Republicans' inability to unify behind a Speaker candidate, which has prevented the chamber from beginning its legislative business, was embarrassing and not a good look for the country. <laughs> yeah, not a good look for the country and embarrassing. Two two words that describe the Biden White House. Speaking at the White House on Wednesday before traveling to Kentucky for an event to highlight last year's bipartisan infrastructure law with Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Has Mitch switched to the Democrat Party, by the way? He was uh, palling around with President Biden in Kentucky yeah. today. Yeah, I, I just, I just, I could, I'm a little confused on that. Didn't know if he's he a Democrat. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Biden said to Republicans, I hope they get their act together. 
Biden said that the rest of the world is looking at the chaotic scenes on the House floor, but his focus was on getting things done. His focus was on getting things done. And by the way, he also said he'll finally get to the border for the first time, for certainly the first time in his presidency, I think for the first time in his life. <laughs> but uh, he's going to get things done. So anyway, yeah, they've, they've gone through six votes. They've adjourned. They will reassemble at 8 o'clock tonight was the tentative deal. I, I suppose that is going to... Uh, happen, assuming they can get some sort of deal done. Now, I mean, yesterday I said I thought Kevin McCarthy would eventually get it. You said you didn't. I'm beginning to think your way of thinking might be right. Uh, it just, this is, and, you know, the 20 or so um, members of the Freedom Caucus that have, and by the way, you know, Jim Jordan was one of the founding members of the Freedom Caucus. Mm -hmm. uh, so he is... I guess, in sympathy with the Freedom Caucus, but he doesn't want to be the speaker, he said, which is probably a reason why we ought to make sure he is the speaker, because yeah. he doesn't want it. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the kind of person you want up there. Someone whose ego is, you know, and who has been aspiring to this for, you know, months and years. I don't know if I want him in there or not. Jim Jordan doesn't want it. Maybe that he's the guy. Yeah, I told someone earlier today, you know, when they said, well, Jim, Jim Jordan doesn't want it. I said, well, George Washington didn't want to be president. Yeah, good point. And, you know, maybe instead of uh, <laughs> electing people that uh, want to be le want to be leaders for, for the wrong reasons, maybe uh, we elect leaders that, uh, you know, just want to serve. I, you know, I'm to the point now. It, it may be Steve Scalise. You know, today they're. Did you I think hear? Think it was Roy maybe nominated uh, um, Byron, Byron Donalds, yeah. and um, I, I, I maybe Scalise is a good compromise. Maybe it'll just keep going. I don't know. But at this point, have you heard who else they're talking about? No. Mm -hmm. News and Observer had a big article on this today, and I, I actually saw oh, yeah. it. Um, saw it earlier in the day. Bowtie uh, guy. I can't think of his name. Uh, Patrick McHenry. Yeah, McHenry. from uh, Lincolnton County. Yeah. Well, at this point, Lincoln County. Lincoln. At this point, I would say just go ahead and vote for McCarthy to stop me from having to see Matt Gates on freaking TV. <laughs> I mean, from from day one, I know he was a Fox. You don't like his hair? No, he was a Fox News, you know, star. He was on there every every other hour. But from day one, that guy just seemed like a weirdo to me, and I, I think he is a weirdo. I think he's strange. But you know, hey, Florida got the right to elect whoever they want to, you know. Now, Byron Donald, I could I could really go for it. By, by the way, when Chip Roy nominated him, he noted that, isn't it interesting we have uh, two black Americans being nominated for speaker, and everybody stood up and gave him a, everybody, a, few, uh, a bipartisan moment. Everybody stood up and clapped, which, you know, that's fine, and I realize that is history being made, and that's that's fine. But I wish they'd get up and clap as hard when it's just because he's a conservative. <laughs> well, well, the difference is um, Representative Roy nominated him for the fact that, you know, he's actually, there's some there there. <laughs> Hakeem Jeffries is just a left loon that will do and say anything to get elected and move up in the Democrat Party. And, you know, he, the fact that they're giving him 
any weight at all is just amazing to me. I mean, somebody just uh, texted me and said, "Can they elect Trump?" And yes, they can. Yeah, they can. Mm-hmm. You do not have to be a member of Congress to uh, be the speaker. So uh, they could elect as long as you're a U.S. citizen, and uh, I don't know if there's an age. I would think there would be an age limit, um, as there is for Congress. But uh, I don't, yeah, I don't think in recent history, but I think in old history, there there's been some speakers that were not members of Congress. I, I at think. The time. I think. But that is, you, you can do that. You you don't have to be a, a member of uh, Congress to uh, to be the speaker. So, uh, Congressman Murphy, if you're listening, uh, if you nominate me, I will accept. <laughs> I'd love, I'd love to go there and give him hell. <laughs> You'd be good. Yeah. You'd be good. So, anyway, yeah, Patrick McHenry, 47 years old. Um, he has been there since 2002. So he's got some uh, he's got some season on him. Uh, you know, he's he's been uh, and uh, even even the News and Observer says Patrick McHenry is the most important North Carolina politician who is not a household name. They quote uh, Chris Cooper a political science professor at Western Carolina University. Whereas other politicians like Mark Meadows have risen to power by courting the media and creating attention for themselves, Patrick McHenry has risen to power the old-fashioned way quietly through the institutional ranks. You know, it's funny they, they say that um, because I, you, know, you, you never see him on television. Uh, yeah, he's, he's not. He doesn't, he doesn't run to the cameras. No, but there's oftentimes, you know, we... we you know, we spend a lot of time, you know, looking over legislation, looking over committee reports. Um, I do it all the time from a, from a tax perspective as, as well. I mean, he is very involved. I mean, he's definitely a guy that doesn't run to the cameras, but he's definitely definitely been involved in a lot of lot of legislation. So Kevin McCarthy is actually losing a little momentum. Uh, Representative Victoria Spratz from Indiana, just elected in November. She voted for McCarthy um, the first three times, the fourth, fifth, and sixth times she voted present. So she hasn't gotten over and voted with the uh, nominee from the Freedom Caucus, but uh, she's no longer voting for uh, McCarthy. And uh, Bobert, who nominated uh, – I can't remember who she nominated now, um, but um, nominated the, the individual – I guess it was Donald's um, – uh, Byron Donald. Um, she, she. Uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but she said, uh, and Donald Trump needs to call up uh, Kevin McCarthy and tell him you don't have the votes. It's time to step aside and let somebody else. Well, Donald Trump this afternoon, I read somewhere that he he's called for a meeting with, for him to bro- broker a deal between McCarthy and the and the uh, uh, I guess the Freedom Caucus. But well, that's. I love Trump. I really do. But that's a little narcissistic of you, Donald. I, I just, I just. Well, I mean, I, I can see your point of view on that, but I can also see. I mean, I, I mean, really, he, he, I mean, he's got an argument that he's still the leader of the Republican Party. I mean, I mean, I don't necessarily think that, but there's a, there's at least about thirty or thirty-five percent of Republicans would agree with that. So, uh, and you know, oh, there is, there is a, a, a definitely. Uh, and, and as I say that about Donald Trump, what I just said, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there that think yeah. Lamprex a term code for saying and, that. And Donald Trump's what, 75 or so, something like that? Uh, maybe a little younger, but close yeah. to it. Yeah. So yeah. for 50-plus years, he's been self-promoting, so why is he going to stop now? <laughs> That's <laughs> true, too. That is true, too. Um, and the, and the, the article I started to go to earlier 
PJ Media is reciting an article that um, the trafficker uh, group did along with the Convention of States folks. And uh, basically, the, the president of the Convention of States, a guy named Meckler, has um, come out and looked at these numbers and basically said, you know, if you if you look at these numbers and how the how the this was just Republican voters that were polled, um, but it would seem to to him now he's drawing this conclusion that a lot of Republicans are probably pleased that there is turmoil and that there is pushback against the establishment Republicans. Now, is, is Kevin McCarthy considered establishment Republican? I wouldn't put him in there. But as, as far as doing business as usual, and a part of business as usual is, well, I've been there the longest, therefore I'm entitled to it. Um, but they found things like, um, well, one of the things they talk as a preamble here, which I think is true, Republicans are really ticked that McConnell who had a favorability rating of minus 33% and then turned around and betrayed Repu Republican voters by helping Democrats pass that $1.7 trillion omnibus package along with 17 of his colleagues. So why, why shouldn't the Republicans be upset? But this new poll um, talks about that um, it finds that more than 60% of Republican voters feel the party leadership was ineffective at getting GOP candidates elected. And uh, I suppose you could um, paint Donald Trump with that, that number as well. Mm -hmm. About one-third see the group as somewhat effective. Another third see them as very ineffective. Only 8.2% think the party with, uh, and congressional leaders were very effective than, during the 22 cycle. An even bigger majority of respondents want to replace Ron McDaniel as the chair of the Republican National Committee. Only 5.6% of voters say they want her to stay. 73.5 one are replaced. Uh, this trend is very close to the 68% who believe the RNC was ineffective in getting Republican candidates elected in the 22 midterms. And what's interesting is Republican voters seem willing to use their wallets, they say. 44% plurality say they are less inclined to donate Republicans uh, money to directly to the Republican Party or Republican candidates. They would instead give to conservative groups. That would, uh, they in turn would, uh, you know, groups like the Alliance Defending Freedom and those those type of groups. Um, but the 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 results of this poll, according to this Mark Meckler, who is the president of the Convention of States, I think we've had him Meckler on before. I believe so. I believe yeah. we have. Mm -hmm. uh, but he he just said, you know, this this sort of points to the fact that. Um, there are a lot of people that do not want business as usual. And, uh, you know, that's true. I don't want business as usual. Now, I, I don't want uh, such gridlock that it never gets accomplished, but I, I don't want business as usual. And, uh, you know, I, I think the concessions that uh, McCarthy has made are good concessions, and I'm glad they made them. Um, at what point do you just say, I mean, is so you, you ask yourself the question, is the Freedom Caucus, are they dug in their heels, and are they just going to continue on and on and on and on until McCarthy says, okay, I will step aside and let someone else do it? Would they Would they vote for a Scalise? Uh, I, I'm a little surprised. Now, you know, they have put forth some names that are further right than Steve Scalise, and obviously the uh, 
a more moderate wing of the Republican Party hasn't uh, hasn't agreed to that. But but you know there's a lot there's a lot of conservatives that are voting for Kevin McCarthy. The interesting thing too is as the Democrats are saying, oh look, they're in disarray. No, they're they're listen. This this is this is what a democracy is supposed to look like. I mean, it's not supposed to be this. Uh, whatever you say, oligarchy, you say it, and we'll you know see Kyle. You know, it's like when you see all these people clapping for uh, you know the North Korean uh, president or for Putin or for uh, Xi. You know, you just like okay, they got a gun to their heads, they got to stand up and give the guy a standing ovation. The Democrat Party is closer to that than the Republican Party is. I'm glad to see that there is isn't an automatic lockstep that we're going to follow the leader no matter what. Well, more so in the last two years, but but has been somewhat like I'm getting ready to describe. Um, but really, the last two years, you know, it's you don't have what is is how many have we got in Congress? I'm sorry, four hundred thirty-five, four hundred thirty-five, yeah, hundred and seven. Um, it, it hadn't been like we've had four hundred thirty-five representatives, and it hadn't been like we've had a hundred senators. You basically have four or five people calling all the shots yes. in the House, two or three on the Senate side. This is what. We have elected government for so, and what you're talking about is exactly what the Freedom Caucus has uh, had Kevin McCarthy agree to. Things like anybody can get from the floor and make a motion um, that we're going to use the power of the purse in the House that hasn't been done. That anyone with four uh, co-signers uh, can call for a, real, a new election for a new Speaker of the House. So what what you have said that has disappeared is what they're what the Freedom Caucus is calling for. Yeah, and you know that's that's really the only the um, really the only thing the voter has control is their representatives. That happens every two years, and and gosh, if these you know if these things are happening and you don't like it, vote them out, vote them out. But uh, to not allow. Uh, the debate and dialogue and everything else, um, that's that's what's wrong with Washington. So. Yep, big time. Hey, listen, we're going to take time out. Lots more to talk about. Love to hear your input on what you think of these speakers' race, 5618255. Stay with us. Benny and I'll be right back. This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. It is January the 4th, National Spaghetti Day. Hmm. Yeah. They have some baked spaghetti tonight. Oh, there you go. Uh, it is also National Trivia Day, which don't they realize we play trivia on Thursdays? Um, Forty-nine years ago, this is hard to believe. I mean, just it, it makes me feel very old. Forty-nine years ago today, 1974, President Nixon refused to hand over tape recordings and documents subpoenaed by the Senate Watergate Committee. Things haven't changed much in D.C., have they? <laughs> <laughs> and how, how many? Forty-nine. Forty-nine years ago. Yeah. Wow. Oh. I was just a lad, just two years out of high school. Uh, yeah, as I, we were talking before the program, that was uh, kind of my start of the interest in politics. I used to go to my granddad's house and sit and watch the Watergate hearings with him. And Old Sam Irvin. Sam Irvin and yeah. Rufus Edmondson and all the, a lot of North Carolina, actually North Carolina Law School, uh, University of North Carolina Law School guys were you know on that uh Committee and some of them behind the scenes that were still in law school doing a lot of research. So I had a lot of North Carolina ties. You know, I say things have not changed in D.C. You know, everybody's saying right now because they haven't elected a speaker of the House that absolutely nothing can get done in Washington. 
uh, EL. And <laughs> what's different about that? <laughs> what exactly was done in Washington? And, and no good thing was done in Washington in the last two years. That's but sure. you got to admit, during those times, though, all the you know, Democrats and Republicans, they still it was you know party against party. Things were a lot more civil oh, and gen- genteel. Yeah. I mean, it's just uh, Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just, and now it's just, hmm. yeah. Which, you know, I could argue now. Uh, people say you should reach across the aisle, but I can argue now with today's 2022-2023 Democrat Party. I don't. I don't not, what is in common? What, what do you have yeah, in common? What do you have in common with them? And, and and they've been completely taken over by the left progressive wing of the Democrat yeah. Party. Um, and you know they probably argue, well, hey, you know the Republicans been taken over by right wing nuts. Well, yeah, we yeah we want things like freedom of speech and the Constitution and that type of thing. Yeah, and, and if a man has male anatomy, he's a male. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean that that's really radical stuff, isn't it? A quick look at your weather forecast. Scattered thunderstorms tonight with a few showers possible late, a low of 59, although it looks like most of it is uh, cleared out for most of eastern Carolina. Our easternmost uh, listening area might still have a few showers left, but uh, pretty much gone. Uh, Tomorrow, considerable cloudiness early, then uh, less clouds later in the day, a high near 70 tomorrow. That is the last 70 day for a while, Um, but... Overall, the temperatures are not bad over the next uh, week or so. We'll have highs in the upper 50s. Saturday is the, uh, only going to be uh, well, mid-50s. Uh, Sunday, we might not get it into the low 60s, but lots of sunshine. So, all in all, some uh, pretty good-looking this, weather. This is up. good eastern North Carolina winter weather to me. Oh, yeah. fifty oh, yeah. Mid-50s to 60 during the day, 30s, low 40s at night. I'll take that. I'll take that until springtime. Absolutely. I mean, if if we can go without snow, you know, Christmas has passed. If it didn't snow on Christmas, then you you missed your chance. ESPN analyst, a guy by the name of Dan Orlowski, who played, uh, he was quarterback for, eh, he's probably played 12 years or so, um, played for uh, several different teams. Had the best job in the NFL. Oh, oh, the backup quarterback. quarterback. And what what do backup quarterbacks end up doing? You stand on the sidelines with a clipboard and you make $750,000 a year minimum. And (laughs) you have a career after your career because they're either coaches at that point or they're analysts. And this guy's an analyst. Well, a lot of the guys really know the game, for sure. Okay. Well, Well, I mean, they've been standing by the coach the whole time. They've been writing down every play. Mm -hmm. They've been, you know, had to memorize every play. I'm sorry. This isn't sports talk radio. Sorry about that. But listen to what this guy said. This guy was on ESPN, and uh, I, I, I'm, this happened yesterday. And uh, I, I don't know if ESPN is going to fine him or fire him, but he said, I don't care. I'm going to say it, and this is exactly what Dan Orlowski said yesterday. Football gave me everything. you know, And I think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night, I think you saw some of the beauty of football mm-hmm. as well, that it's brought us all here together. Um, you know, like, this is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like, thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say, like, we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want to, it's just on my heart that I want to pray for It him. is. Damar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that you're God and 
coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad, we're angry, um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray. Truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 Beautiful. Respectfully. Amen. Amen. I mean, that that gave me goosebumps when I heard that the first time. It gave me goosebumps just now. And there has been a powerful, strong uh, affirmation of what uh, Dan Orlowski did. And, uh, you know, as long as you have these kind of things happen, as you said yesterday, you know, there's a lot of foxhole Christians. And a lot of times it's not sincere. I got the impression that this was a very sincere prayer. (laughs) This guy was not being shot at himself. Uh, he had, uh, you know, his heart was broken for a um, fellow football player. And uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, the the outcome of all this. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to sound overly dramatic, but I, I thought, you know, something like this could, this, uh, could this awaken another great revival in our country or something like that, where, you know, you've nationally, you know, I know, I know we had 9-11 and, you know, the, the Sunday after 9-11, the churches were packed. Two Sundays later, everybody was back home doing their thing. But uh, you know, these kind of sometimes these kind of things have have uh, some some real significance to them. And and I hope and pray this does have lasting implication. And I pray that this uh, that these prayers are answered and Demar Hamlin uh, makes a full recovery. There was some positive uh, news out of the Cincinnati hospital today that. I mean, it wasn't it, it wasn't uh, you know miraculous awakening or anything, but it, just a positive report that it sounds like he's making progress. Yeah, and this uh, yeah, it certainly his prayer certainly seemed genuine and from the heart. Oh yeah, I mean, it didn't sound prepared at all. I mean, no, he, he really, I think he had lived the whole thing. I, I do too, and 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 good for him for having the guts to. And I hate to say say it like that, guts, because in today. To show your faith publicly, you, you have to stand, stand up and, and have guts because you're mocked. You're mocked yep. now more than ever, yep. um, even even um, either by people that just you know discount religion and and, are, and don't have a soul, or either just make fun of you for your grandstanding or whatever. It almost makes a person afraid yep. to admit that they need to you know reach out to the Lord for strength and. Uh, Kudos to this guy for having the guts to do it, Dan Orlowski. And you're right; there'll, there'll be some jackass out there that'll mock him on social media. You know, hide behind social media and mock him. But uh, three cheers and uh, well done. And hopefully, the, the, it becomes contagious. Well, for those people that mock him, uh, I just say what Josie Wells says: "The hell with them fellas." <laughs> Well, you know, there'll be a day of reckoning. Yeah. Don't mock it, because there'll be a day of reckoning. I mean, I, I, I absolutely believe there'll be a day of reckoning. Uh, and hopefully you'll be, you know what, hopefully you'll hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, speaking of religion, Joe apparently has, eh, this is a little speculation on my part, but there are a lot of talking heads out there that have looked at this and would agree with me. 
Sounds like Joe was not invited and perhaps even asked. We know he wasn't invited, but perhaps he was asked not to attend the funeral of Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Uh, Cousin Eddie, a.k.a. Joe Biden, will not be present at the funeral. This is not because Biden, listen, Biden's going to, any opportunity that he would have to flaunt his Catholic piety <laughs> that he so blatantly displays for political purposes, uh, he would he would run at the chance. He would jump at the chance. Biden's going to Biden, let's just say that. Yeah. He's going to buy it. But um, apparently, you know, his, his double standard is starting to catch up with him. Yesterday, Corrine Jean-Pierre fielded a question on the Pope's funeral. And as usual, she managed to take a simple question and trip all over herself, fumble it. Please note. Now, if I didn't point this out, you'd say, what is she talking? What, what word is she talking? Please note how she pronounces the word emeritus. Pope Benedict, his funeral is Thursday. Is the U.S. sending a delegation to Rome, do you know? So let me just first say, because we haven't been able to uh, be on the record on this uh, since the passing of the Pope. So as the President said in his statement, as I'm sure you saw, he joins Catholics and so many others around the world in mourning the passing of Pope uh, Emeritus uh, Benedict XVI. He will always uh, remember uh, the Pope generosity and, me and meaningful conversation they had when he visited the Vatican in 2011. So to answer your question, uh, the U.S. Ambassador to the Holy See, Joe Donnelly, will uh, represent the United States at the funeral of the Pope in line with the wishes of the late Pope and the Vatican. This is what, uh, this is what their requests were. This is what their wishes were. Uh, and so uh, that's what you'll see from the U.S. Thank you. Following up, what did, I know you read a statement there, but what did Pope Benedict mean to President Biden as a Catholic? You know, the President, uh, as you know, he takes um, uh, his faith very seriously. Uh, this is someone who is uh, passionate about his faith. That's not something I even need to tell you. You know this uh, for yourself. And um, he, again, he, uh, he remembers the Pope, Emeritus uh, Benedict XVI, uh, generosity and his meaningful conversation they had uh, when they visited uh, when he when the president visited the Vatican and back in 2011 and so that's something uh, that the president remembers and holds very uh, close uh, close to heart Pope uh, Emeritus uh, Benedict XVI. <laughs> I'm sorry, Emeritus. Emeritus. That's what the Pope died. Pope of. Emeritus. He had a severe case of Emeritus. That Emeritus. That rivals. <laughs> <laughs> that rivals uh, Barack Obama's Marine Corpsman. Yeah, you know speech that he read at some military. It might have been at one of the service academies or something. I don't remember. But uh, these people. Well, she graduated. Let's see. She was from Columbia. Graduated New York Institute of Technology. Got her master's in public administration from Columbia, which you know basically means. Uh, yeah, you know, they hand those things out like rock candy to liberals up there at Columbia. I mean, just let me just let me tell you, I know too many of them. I mean, it's just apparently she didn't pass the emeritus test. <laughs> uh, Lord, but yeah, for her to get up there and say, "Oh, you know what a dedicated Roman Catholic Joe is." Oh, he's just all about it. It's just like, wait a minute. The reason why, and, and by the way, a reporter asked uh, Joe today. Why are you not going to the funeral? And Joe said, well, what do you think? And he said, well, Mr. President, 
I don't know what 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 is the reason. And and Joe actually wouldn't answer him at first. And the the reporter, to his credit, pressed the president and said, "Well, why aren't you going?" <laughs> and then he turned around and said, "Well, you know, if I go there, you know, we have to take an entourage of a thousand people." And well, the irony is, um, let's see, there is uh, the uh, heads of state of Italy, Germany, Poland, Hungary, uh, the Czech Republic. Um, the uh, royalty from uh, Spain, from Belgium, uh, and other countries are have already affirmed that they will be there. <laughs> now and but Joe, uh, yeah, it's uh, it'd be too much hassle. We don't we don't want to get in their way. Miss John Pierre's wiki page says she is fluent in English, French, and Haitian Creole. I guess the <laughs> I guess fluent is a very relative term. Here. <laughs> Can we come up with a definition emeritus. for emeritus? Emeritus. Emeritus. That's kind of like... Um, you know, my emeritus is acting up. I, I, I need to take some aspirin. <laughs> Cousins to arthritis. <laughs> We're going to take another time out. We'll be right back. show that really makes you think. He is a genius. He's all-powerful. He brought a kind of heat. He could be the best. Just don't hurt yourself, okay? More news and views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Benny is checking uh, on the ECU Pirates basketball schedule. And you came up with? Uh, the Pirates will play at home tonight at 7 p.m. against this. US, UCF Knights. Okay. ESPN, our buddy uh, Patrick Johnson will be doing the play-by-play. On ESPN Plus. There you go. Um, and have you seen the video out there? Two suspected arsonists in California tried to burn down a... Uh, <laughs> Do you see this? I did see this, and it, I loved it. <laughs> I watched it like three or four times. Sorry. They went to... It was an office uh, company that provides immigration and naturalization services. I don't know what their motive was. But um, they took a bunch of gasoline and poured it all over the outside of the parking lot, to the outside of the building. And uh, I don't know what they were. Th- Obviously, these guys were the brightest bulbs in the pack, which is usually the case. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the bad guys usually get caught. They're not too bright. So these guys, two of them, they're out in the middle of the night dumping the gasoline on. One of them um, decided that they would uh, go ahead and set it on fire. They did. And uh, are you trying to bring up the uh, video there, Clark? <laughs> Here it is. Okay, if you're watching online, <laughs> give you the play-by-play. These are the guys that come up, and uh, what their motive was, we don't know. But they take gasoline, and they pour it all, all along uh, the outside of the building. How long does this thing last? Uh, I, I don't know, but for our listeners out there... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, as you as you watch, gasoline is it an explosive. It is very dangerous. All you need to do with gasoline is put it in your car. Yeah. <laughs> so these guys are going to use this, and there it is. There it is. They set it on fire, and then they set themselves on fire. Down goes <laughs> Frazier. Down goes Frazier. <laughs> and the guy gets up and runs away. I mean, he's on fire. What are you supposed to do when you catch yourself on fire? You're supposed to roll, right? Drop and roll. Stop, drop and roll. Yeah, this this guy starts running away and screaming as he's running away. 
I don't just, I didn't plan on spending that much time with the story, but good work bringing that video up, Clark. If you're watching online, you can watch them catch themselves on fire. It is it is nice when the bad guys end up uh, burning themselves, literally and figuratively. John Fetterman was sworn in yesterday as the U.S. Senator, and uh, <laughs> Fetterman, uh, there is video up. You go on PJ Media and you watch the video. You know how the family, after they get sworn in, they have pictures taken, and these pictures were taken with um, Kamala Harris. Fetterman is <laughs> in La La Land. He is in La La Land. I mean... If he's not Uncle Fester, well, he's a combination of Lurch and Uncle Fester. I mean, this guy is, I, I mean, he is sort of like, I, I, this, the best way to explain it, if you haven't seen it, is it looks like Boris Karloff <laughs> as Frankenstein dressed up with a tie and a nice suit. And the guy doesn't say anything. All I mean, they had the audio up. All the conversation is between Fetterman's wife and Kamala Harris, and Fetterman looks like he is totally out of place. Well, that's the video of him uh, getting sworn in. But He's wearing, uh, wearing the, his the, one suit. Well, he apparently got another suit made. You know, his first suit that he was campaigning with when the president came up and campaigned with him, uh, he got that at the uh, uh, apparently on sale at Goodwill. Size 64 long. <laughs> I know it's mean. I know the guy's got issues, but listen, he shouldn't be in the U.S. Senate. He looks more like uh, the guy that played Young Frankenstein. Was it? Was it Peter, Bo- Peter Boyle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy that played the dad on Everybody's Love yeah. Loves Raymond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Blaze Media is reporting California has decided to pay reparations to individuals sterilized by the government during the uh, 20th century. Which I understand, and listen, North Carolina's done this, yeah, mm-hmm. where they've come out and they said what what we did in the past was wrong, and if you can prove that you were sterile, now most of these people that were sterilized by the government, they thought they had mental problems or whatever, and they they uh, sterilized them without their permission, and uh, most of those people are in their last years of life at this point. And it happened, I mean, one, one woman who was uh, just given $15,000, uh, that was the the smallest payment was $15,000, which I think she was in her late 70s now. They really don't know how much money the state saved. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, the uh, so this is, this is what California is doing now, and I don't knock that. But the irony is what they're doing as they pay these people that were sterilized 50, 75 years ago, and they actually were doing it up through the early 70s, they're doing it again. Mm -hmm. They're doing it again with these young kids that say they're transgender, and they're going in and saying, okay, well, here, take this medicine, and we'll put you on the fast track to make sure you're never going to have kids again. So they'll be paying for that 50 years from now. Oh, yeah. It might not even be 50 years from now. There's already lawsuits out there going on right now. We got to take another time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back to news and views. Talk ninety six point three and one zero three seven. Earlier in the program, we talked about the fact that Byron Daniel was uh, Donald, I should say, was um, nominated to be the Speaker of the House, and uh, at one point, um, Chip Roy pointed out the fact that both he, Byron Donalds, and um, Hakeem Jeffries. Both black men, 
one Democrat, one Republican were both nominated, and it was a significant moment, got a standing ovation. Democrat uh, Representative Cori Bush, who is a member of the squad, she is from somewhere outside of St. Louis in Missouri, uh, she has come out and said that Byron Daniels of uh, Florida is a black prop and supports an agenda of upholding white supremacy. She made the claim in a Wednesday tweet, claiming Donald's inclusion in the mix is not historic and calling his inclusion in the speaker pathetic. Wednesday's vote was the first time two black candidates uh, were nominated at the same time. Uh, for what it's worth, Donald's is not a historic candidate for speaker. He's a prop, Bush claimed on Twitter. Despite being black, he supports policy agenda intent on upholding and perpetrating white supremacy. His name is in the mix, is not progress. It's pathetic, she continued. You know, it's interesting. A black liberal will not dare let uh, a black get off the liberal plantation. If a black begins, and this is exactly what Clarence Thomas had to put up with when he was nominated to be on the Supreme Court. They will demonize you. If you're not a yep. progressive Marxist left loon, they will demonize you. Follow in lockstep with everything that the Democrats and the progressives believe in. If you don't, if you don't do that, then you're going to be vilified as someone who's a white supremacist. I, listen, I, I don't know if she's trying to get uh, Donald Donalds to uh, cower in the corner. I, it's, with this guy, I don't think it's going to no, work. This guy's a man of principle, and it's not going to work. But it, it, this is sad that in the United States you have as as much. You know, they always, they, there's always a complaint that there's too much backbiting and too much accusation going on against blacks. And here's, here's a black woman that's doing it to a, a black man who wants to think for himself, who's embraced conservative ideology. You're not allowed to think. If you get off the plantation, you're going to be attacked. That's it. Hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Play a little political trivia. See you tomorrow at 5. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all right.